0: Let's read David's prayer in time of distress. Before I read, maybe I'll just ask the question so we can search our hearts. What's our prayer life like when discouraging things take place? And, you know, one man went around... Preaching one sermon on the streets. Don't put God in a box. Don't just don't just go to God when you're in trouble. Praise Him in the good times. And and there's definitely a need for a message like that. And and we might think that's the only message and that's the only issue with prayer. But are there times when things happen and oh, we don't think they're fair? We we don't like what we're having to deal with. We're not very happy about the fact that, that God's allowing it, or maybe we th- some might think He's not doing anything. What's our prayer life like in time of distress? Listen to David. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before Him. I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privately laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto Thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison. That I may praise thy name, the righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. There are many Psalms that are attributed to David's fleeing from Saul, and, and there are many more that are assumed to be during that time frame, though we don't confidently lay it out that this is that time. But but it's very probable that there are many more than, than even the ones we know of that were written during the time of David fleeing from Saul. This psalm is the last of those that relates to David on the run from Saul. God used a very difficult time in David's life over and over again in the Word of God for us. I had a difficult time in my life years ago and, and the teenagers got tired of hearing it. Bless their hearts, they, they just got tired of hearing about it. But it was, there, were, there were good parts to that tough time I went through. God showed up and God did a work in it. And I was thankful that I actually went to the Lord with it as I should have. David, God's using David's over and over. You know, the times of distress in our past, we seem to bring them up sometimes. Not to moan and complain, but because there are good parts to them. There are things that God has done in our lives through times of distress, and we just can't get over it. He's amazing, and He helps His people. We find ourselves giving testimony of those hard times because of what God does in those times. David has a hard time, and he goes to the Lord about it. His prayer in distress is teaching us here tonight and there are three things that we see in this prayer that will motivate I want to say motivate us in our time of distress and going to God some people don't put God in a box the only time you go to God is when you're in trouble well you know what There there are some times where hearts get hardened and calloused and people don't go to God in their time of trouble. So so we're motivated by David's time of distress to seek the Lord in all of our time of trouble. And, and, And what we're going to find is what we find with David and the Lord, that the Lord is attentive, that the Lord is aware... He's already aware. And the Lord is able. So in verse 7, we find that David's soul is in prison. When David was on the run, he found himself in a cave or two. I can't tell you which cave we're talking about here, but David is in a literal cave. He has literally taken shelter in a cave. It's a good thing to find if you're on the run from someone. When he was hunted down from Saul, that cave was a good thing to find. But what we find about this cave that David found is that it makes for a really good prayer closet. David talks to the Lord here. You know, I want David was a great man of God. You know, when when we just sang near to the heart of God, I thought of David through through that song. I wonder how much David prayed in the palace, though, compared to the cave. I wonder, you know, what our prayer life is like. In comparison to, to a palace condition we may be in and a, and a cave condition that we may find ourselves in, here, David truly exercises faith and he pours out his sorrow before the Lord just as vulnerable as can be before the Lord. And he pours out his difficulty, even, even by way of complaint to an extent. And though the cave is gloomy, David's confidence grows. So in David's prayer, verses 1 and 2, we, we gather from this that the Lord is attentive. Listen Listen to what he says. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before Him. I showed before Him my trouble. Do you ever pray out loud to God alone? you ever go to a place where you believe it'll be uninterrupted and you won't interrupt anyone because you just want to to voice your prayer out loud to God. We have those times. We we ought to. David does. It's very clear by the language here that that David's prayer is out loud to God. It's loud uh, as he is in prayer to the Lord. He cried out loud. He cried in anguish. It was a cry from his heart as he spoke aloud to the Lord in prayer. David was a godly man. David was faithful. And he's hiding in a lonely place, in a lonely cave, as though he were a thief. David's in the will of God, okay? And this is where he finds himself. He finds himself lonely. He finds himself hunted. At Similar to how someone would feel if they had done something wrong, if they were a criminal. What a place for a man of God to be. A man of God in the will of God. You might want to say it's unfair. But when we look over all of David's life, and all God did with him, We find a preparation stage here. We find God strengthening and setting David up for the rest of his life in serving the Lord. He was using David's times of distress to equip him with what he needed for the work that he was going to be a part of. You might say, we're just not complete until we've been through some struggles and had the experience of the Lord giving us victory through those struggles. While we might, we might become weak, we might want to faint, but we hold on to Him in our weakness, the best we can, and we find Him holding on to us and taking us through our time of distress. And there's an aspect of the Christian life that needs to see the power of God in their lives in that way. So it's good that David poured out his heart to God Rather than having a pity party. How close was he to some fork in the road of possibly quitting or trusting in the Lord? I, I'm glad he poured out his heart to the Lord. Just pour, instead of getting bitter, instead of, he, know, he knows he was going to his father who allowed this in his life. He knows it was allowed and though he couldn't understand everything, he just poured Where where could I go but to the Lord? I'm glad He didn't try to go anywhere else. It's part of the Lord's divine plan of intervening in our lives that we go to Him in prayer. He has made our asking part of the process of Him responding to us. We, we had a devotion in basketball the other night where, where, we, where we seek and we ask and we knock. We ask and we seek and we knock. That's part of the process God's given us. And David is truly supplicating to the Lord. And he releases what has built up inside him through this, through this running, through what's gone on between him and Saul, It vocalized in a cry. He vocalized what he was going through in in a complaint. But he did what he should, and he went where he should. He went to the Lord. He looked up, and he asked. You know, he found that a place of pressure can lead to wide open spaces. That's ultimately what ended up happening. You know, the, the, there's a word trouble in here, and that, that word trouble means a tight spot. And, and in a time of distress, in the time of the things we go through, we do feel like we're pressured. We, we feel claustrophobic in a sense over the things that are going on maybe. And, and God has a wide open plane ready for those who will trust Him, for those who will live for Him. We, we're, we learned that as well in our own lives. David's voice echoed as he sought the Lord boldly and confidently because he knew the Lord is attentive to His children. Not just to David, but to you and I as well. I, I like the thought of the Lord leaning down inclining His ear unto us. We have the attention of God. He, He calls on us to pray without ceasing. He wants us to talk to Him. He hears us. He's attentive. In your time of distress, God will listen. Not only will He listen, but He'll understand your distress. We've never faced the distress that He did through His Son. He knows what it is. He knows exactly what it feels like. He knows knows how things appear on the outside, and He knows what's going on on the inside. And that kind of leads to our next point, that not only is the Lord attentive, but the Lord is aware. Verses 3 and 4. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privately laid a snare for me? I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge felled me, no one cared for my soul. The Lord is not attentive in hearing our prayer because it's new news to Him that He's never heard. He already knows it. He doesn't lean down and incline because He's very interested in something fresh that He didn't know about that was going on in our lives. The Lord already knows about. He's aware of our coming and our going. He's aware of our hills and our valleys, our, our heartaches and our healing. He is aware of it all. Brother Carl this morning spoke of Spoke of his time when he, when he rode Harleys and was with a, a biker group and he had a very rough, gruff appearance to him. Looked tough. It was cool to look tough. And he, he said his own words was that he was a chicken inside. David was a very mighty warrior for God, a strong man of God, who became weak and was starting to faint inside. That can happen. That probably does happen to all of God's children. He might use us in an amazing, mighty way. And then we might find ourselves in such a time of weakness and fainting we don't know what to do. David voiced this condition to the Lord that the Lord already knew about. But David had the faith to trust God to keep him going. You know, David was on the run. He was on the run from the enemy. The enemy had him going in a certain direction, what traps, what snares might be laid out before him in the path ahead. He had no idea, but he knew God knew. How about God arranging things in such a way that He helps us to see our weakness and to see His strength and how much we need Him in our lives? The 23rd Psalm says, He leadeth me by the still waters. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness. He he knows what's ahead. He's a wonderful leader. He knows what's ahead in our lives. What What a standstill, stopping point Acknowledgement of our weakness as we think about the foreknowledge of God and Him knowing what's ahead and us trying to make some plans, but we have no idea. And God is saying, stop and trust Me. Stop it. I am not confined by time, God is saying. I know what's going on this week in your lives. I know what this week holds for you. You might as well be guided By God, he leads. David was on the run, but what was ahead of him? Snares and traps? The Lord was aware. He was aware of David's innermost feelings, aware of the path, and the Lord was able to provide protection for David. There were tricks set up by the enemy. Ahead of David in the in the, in one forty in one forty here in verse five it says the proud have hit a snare for me and cords they have spread a net by the wayside they have set gins for me in the hundred and forty first and the ninth verse it says keep me from the snares which they have laid for me and the gins of the workers of iniquity. I'm not saying we can't notice the pattern of, of some of the obvious that, that would might happen from the same ones over and, and over around our lives. But, but we don't know. We do, we do not know nearly all the traps that, that, that Satan is setting for us, that he is using some of his own to set for us. But, but God does. God does, and David knows this. And... He's finding confidence in the Lord here. He says, I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. Man, what's God doing in his life? No one. The great and mighty warrior of God, David, who was faithful to the Lord, who was in the will of God, and he had no man there to help him? See the hand of God intervening here. David was a godly man with no one there. Not only was no one there, no one seemed to care. Sometimes people can get fickle. Maybe that was the case with a lot around David and no one was by his side. I mean the same thing can happen today, and it won't to us. It won't seem to make any sense at all, but we may very well have those lonely seasons with the enemy after you and I. And it's just us and the Lord. And the Lord will allow us to go there. The Lord will place us there for the same reason that He placed David there. He was preparing him for his future and what he had to do to serve the Lord. To produce, to produce in us what could only come by this process. And that aspect of knowing the strength of the Lord in our lives. David didn't know what would lie ahead. But listen to what David says in Well, let me go back. I don't think I have a mark. Give me a minute. But the 16th Psalm and the 8th verse, I would say go ahead and read it if you beat me there, but I'll go ahead and do it. 16th Psalm and verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. But we also see in 109 and verse 31... For he shall stand at the right hand of the poor to save him from those that condemn his soul. The 110th psalm and the fifth verse says, The Lord is at thy right hand. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. The 121st psalm and the fifth verse. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. We need the protection and the help of the Lord and and we have it. David and the psalmists they they call out for it and it's there and it's there for them. How about the fact that the Lord knows us, too? You know, He, he, knows, he knows the future of our lives. He knows us. He, he knows us, I said not too long ago, better than we know ourselves. And I'll probably say that all through any preaching the Lord ever lets me do because I was overwhelmed when I finally absorbed that from the Word of God and, and just realizing, when you, when you get to realizing who God is from His truth, you realize that is true, that He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows the path before us. He knows us inside out. He knows our path ahead. He knows our path down the terrible decisions that we could make on our own, and He knows the path that He has for us by way of the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives, prompting us and moving us to do things that, that are against our flesh, but they're for His glory, and it's His leading, and we have peace when we get there. Amen. He knows our tomorrow, He knows. I need to go ahead and look up this one psalm I keep referring to every now and then. But I remember going through one psalm and something I noticed, different from many of the others, there wasn't a request made to God in this one particular psalm in a time of trouble. But when I when you look the whole psalm over and study it, you find that the comfort that the psalmist gained through his time of trouble was simply knowing that god knows he didn't make it, he wasn't making a request to wait for a request and, and that that's his answer that's his help he found his help right in the moment because god knows god he he knows it all he was comforted and he was helped by the fact that god knows he knows and he cares And He does for us. He does for us. He knows our troubles. And He's bringing all things around, whether they're they're hurtful for a moment, whether they're difficult, whether we seem miserable in it in the moment, He's bringing all things around for good. God puts His stamp of good on all things that He does. And it's all... For His glory. We're about to get into that in a minute. A pattern of practicing our, our prayers in time of distress after David. It's not, about, it's not about us. It's not to accommodate our feelings and just to give us relief. It's all about Him. It's all about His glory. Big Bob knew that. Big Bob discovered that in his short time as a Christian. Why, why you do this? Why are you doing all these things around church? you you got this. You had, a, you had a son die, and you have another son with a lifelong illness, and, and you have this problem and that problem, and you lost your business because of your testimony for Jesus Christ. Why do you do it? Big Bob would smile and say, because it's not about me. It's about him. Amen. He learned it. Praise the Lord. And, and I didn't preach the next point. I'm, I'll just preach it again, I guess. We see in our distress, though, that the Lord is aware of our distresses. And there's development that's going on there. He, he leaves us there. And there's development that's happening. And there's, there's a diligent search for His help. And there are divine results in our lives. It's, it's a win-win. It's a win-win, even in time of troubles. The lost in the world have, has time of troubles. The saved has time of troubles. But it's win win for the child of God because of what he's doing. The Lord is attentive, the Lord is aware. Verses five through seven the Lord is able. I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Thou art my refuge. He in verse 4 there was no man that would know me refuge failed me and then he says thou art my refuge. You know God can give us a lot of wonderful mentors and a lot of wonderful Christians to help us and then sometimes he kicks the crutch out from under us. It looks like what happened with David here. No man was his refuge. But then he says, Thou art my refuge. He learned to lean on the Lord. I I think I learned to lean on men of God. God has blessed me all through my ministry to this day with great men of God to lean on. But sometimes He's kicked the crutch out from under me. So I can learn that He is my refuge. And that's what David is saying here. Why do we go to the Lord in times of distress. Well, he says that he is our shelter. Shelter from the danger. He's our shelter in the storm. You know, a cave is a pretty good place to find on the run. But make no mistake about it. The Lord was David's protection. His trust wasn't in the cave It was in the Lord. The Lord was His strength, His shelter, His buckler, His stronghold, His fortress. What could Saul actually take from David? What could Saul actually leave David without when you come down to it? You know, what could happen? We have everything we need from the Lord. If God be for us, who can be against us? He will deliver us time and time again. Let me go ahead and emphasize, though, how important it is. If we're going to look at a pattern of our prayer life in time of distress, and we go to the Lord asking for relief from our distress, how about getting the question back? How about just thinking about the question coming back, why? Why? He'll deliver us time and time again. He'll protect us. But it's not for us. It's for Himself. That would be selfish if it were anyone, but it's not selfish when it's God, because it's good when God gets the glory. And God's God's aim, God's passion, God's purpose in everything is that He will be glorified in all that is done. God will bless, He'll help, He'll deliver a life that will live for Him. To bless and praise His name. David says, bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise Thy name. The 51st Psalm Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, David has said here, and uphold me with thy free spirit, then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Lord, restore me. Will you restore me, Lord? Because with the restored life you give me, I want to do Your work. I want to lead souls to be saved. I want to live for You. I don't just want my problem to go away. I don't just want forgiveness so I can feel good. It's for You, Lord, because I want to live for You. Our prayers are to turn into praise to God. God was making David a king who would glorify the King of Kings. David was delivered. He was received by the people as their king and God's chosen king to take up the throne. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. David says at the end of the 13th Psalm and verse 6, give me a second and I'll tell you about it. I will sing unto the Lord because He hath dealt bountifully with me. God doesn't do half the job in our lives. He does a complete job in our lives. The psalmist says in 116 and verse 7, Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with me. 119, and one seventeen, deal bountifully with thy servant, that I may live and keep thy word. The Lord completely deals with us and gives us everything that we need. This everything that David went through with Saul, there, there was nothing missing with David moving forward. Nothing from that hurt him. It only helped him. God taught him through it. God taught him to trust him even more through it all. And so, what we find that David does here, this instruction for you and I, this is why and this is how, We go to the Lord in times of distress. God's children will never be disappointed from going to the Lord in times of trouble. Heard about a woman in labor. And she was having labor pains. And her labor pains were increasing more and more. And she thought deliverance was on the way. That, that birth was about to happen. Because the harder the pains are, the, the more excruciating the pain, typically, the closer you are to deliverance and the child being delivered. And it wasn't happening. And so the doctor did a, a little examination and he found out that the baby's head was pointed up and... if the baby's head is pointed down, then that is the way the baby's supposed to be. As things were, there was pain with no deliverance. And I just wonder what Christian here tonight, what Christian listening in, what Christian in the world is going through pain. And it's just continual pain in their lives and there is no deliverance. That's, that's going to be on us. It doesn't matter which way our head is pointing. Talk to the Lord laying in your, laying in your bed with your, with your head face up. Bow your head down. It's not about that. But it, it is about seeking the Lord in distress. I've heard testimonies of many who have, who have professed Christ. And, and the same ones would say, well, I've been mad at God over this. I've heard that before. And so, and so that puts someone in a position of pain with no deliverance. But there is deliverance for the child of God who will seek the Lord. Let us seek Him as David did. Why, why wouldn't we? Let us be motivated because God is attentive to His children. And God, He's already aware Everything that we're to tell Him, He already knows about it. He already knows the right answer. He already has the right answer. He gives that answer. He is attentive. He is aware. And God is able. He is able. You know, no matter... What what did He say about His enemies? Verse 6, "...attended unto my cry... For I am brought very low, deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. You ever find yourself outmatched? I, I worked under someone for a while, and I found out that they were a better arguer than I was. I found out that, that they could just get their way with me to do things that were nonsense on the job. Just to keep me from getting home and, and doing my studies, because they because they knew I was a preacher, and I man, I thought I came up with some good points of argument and and thought about going to the boss above him. You know what I? You know what the Lord helped me to do? Just smile sweetly and say, "Okay, hey, I, I, I know you want to get home on Saturday, but you you got to go do this today." Okay. I mean, I I was outmatched. But my Lord wasn't, and neither is yours. Through anything you're going through in life, He is able. He is able. And oh, how we have seen the way the Lord is able to save. The one who, the one who may have been telling themselves over and over for a long time that they are, maybe someone here tonight, but there's no peace There's no peace. The that positive thinking and that telling ourselves over and over that it's that's that's not where peace comes from. That's not where assurance comes from. It comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you have not trusted Him as your Lord and Savior, we pray that you would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That you would receive Him as your Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of your sins. There, there's no other forgiveness for sins. There's no other remedy for it but the blood of Jesus Christ. And he shed that blood on the cross for for every single one here. And God was satisfied with the sacrifice he made, and he raised him up. Jesus lives, and you can live too in him if you haven't trusted him. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we come before you tonight, Lord, and we consider what you have... Put in your word about David in his time of distress, Lord. And I thank you for what you have given us from that, Lord. That, dear God, we would not allow ourselves to to get calloused, our hearts to get hardened and and just to keep our minds and our hearts closed because of the situation, but that we would open our hearts and we would turn to you and we would pour out our case before you. And Lord, we thank you for what you do to help. You are our deliverer, Lord. You're our shelter. You're our buckler. You're the horn of our salvation, Lord. You're a fortress for us. And so we thank you for being our God. I thank you, Lord, that you teach us that... that. We can't stand up to the things of this world that we have to face alone. We can't do it on our own. We're too weak. Our enemies, they are stronger than we are. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so, Lord, I thank you for your eternal salvation. That, that Christ in us is the hope of glory. I thank you for being our Lord and Savior and knowing that we can go to you. Teach us and help us to go to you in our times of distress. That you might have your way and your will, and it would be for your glory. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If everyone would please stand. Page 465. Come, every soul by sin oppressed.